Which teams have the most and least draft capital? Who's going to be running this draft, not only in round one, but throughout? And what clues can we gain to who might be moving up and down in the NFL draft? Why the Browns will not cut Baker Mayfield? And what we can learn from the players invited to the NFL draft? Coming up right now. You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson with you at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL on Twitter. Keep those Twitter questions coming as we roll toward the 2022 NFL drafts, digging into those draft picks by team who's running the draft, not even in round one, but beyond that, there are some teams with a lot of picks when you pull back the layers and and uh, who, who who has big control over this draft and maybe some teams who do not have any control over their fate with this with uh, as it pertains to NFL draft picks in 2022. 22. Some news first, Matt, that I want to dive into. And by the way, this episode is brought to you by Blue Nile. This Mother's Day, give mom something she'll treasure forever with fine jewelry from BlueNile.com and Locked On Sports. Listeners get $50 off 500. Use code Locked On at checkout to get that discount. So, Matt, I, I ran across this today. And since it uh, revolves around your Steelers. I wanted to to run this by you. And it, it's probably a big indication why teams like, say, the 49ers and the Browns aren't cutting their veteran quarterbacks. First of all, they feel like they have value, right, in Baker Mayfield and Jimmy Garoppolo. But this report from Jeff Darlington, he said that the Steelers would sign Baker Mayfield, quote, the very next day if he was cut. And if you're wondering why, why don't they just cut him and pull the Band-Aid off? Maybe they're not getting the offers they want. Just cut the guy, get the 18, or, you know, get, get him off because they can't get the money off because he's already guaranteed money. But part of it is you probably, maybe you don't believe in Maker, Baker Mayfield's your guy, but you probably don't want him going across the street and playing for your neighbor either. Yeah, I think that's 100% true. In the end... I think the Garoppolo and Mayfield things are a little different where I think somebody will give your Niners probably a future pick for Garoppolo with his current contract and probably post draft. And he's a little further along his rehab. I don't think the same is true for the Browns. I mean, when it's all said and done, I think they'll cut him. Would the Steelers be interested? I've, I've seen numerous reports say that they would be very interested I don't know that. I don't have any insight on that. I'm not the biggest Mayfield fan. I was pretty hard on him during his time in Cleveland, but I think we'd both agree that he gives them a better chance to win than what's on the Steelers roster right now. And if I'm the Browns, that's probably the last place I want him to go. <laughs> you know, I mean, just uh, what good could come of that? And Right. And it's not going to be like Baker's not going to get his big long-term contract now, right? N- not from no, the Browns, right, not right, from right. anybody. So for Baker Mayfield, oh, hell yes. Let me go play oh, yeah. in the division one-year contract. And I, I guarantee I will make more money next year when I am a, a free agent. That would be the thoughts from Baker Mayfield's side. And so you probably wouldn't mind having that if you are the Steelers, even though they already went out and got Trubisky. Right, right, right. I mean, go into the season with Mayfield, Trubisky, and Rudolph and worry about drafting one down the road. Or, hey, I mean, he was the first overall pick, and I'm not, and he certainly has not been a bad player. I mean, that's for sure. 
They've played against him a million times and had a lot of success against Mayfield. They know him as well as anyone. And if they think they could correct one or two little things in his game, you know, I mean, that, that's how these teams look at it is, well, we, you know, the one thing that we knew about him that we loved playing was, you know, for example, he tends to roll to his right when things go bad all the time. Well, if we can break that habit just a little, we knew that thing. He rolled right into TJ Watt all the time. Yeah. Um, we can make him a better player. You know, I mean, it just, you know, you've, you've scouted this guy many, many times. And I don't love the move from a Steeler perspective, but it's such a low-risk move. I mean, if he gets cut, you sign him to a one-year deal, $5 million, $8 million. I mean, it's not going to even be 20 I don't think. And move on after the season if he isn't any good. And if he's great, you can even franchise. And you could even have a camp battle and then, say, cut one of them, right? It, how much, how much yeah, guaranteed right. is on Trubisky's contract? If you, you could probably lop his $9 million off if you wanted to at some point. It'd be a kind of a ruthless move for a team to do. but mm-hmm. I mean, maybe you get a fifth-round pick for Rudolph. I mean, I don't know. So and Garoppolo's situation is obviously a little bit different because his contract is bigger, but it's not guaranteed. Would he restructure a deal with a new team to to make that number go down to help a, a new team that, that is worried about the money, worried about the shoulder, just so he can have an opportunity to start? But again, if the 49ers cut him, the Seattle Seahawks love signing ex 49ers. The Niners probably don't yeah, want him right. rolling up north and signing with the Seahawks, who also need a quarterback. So some very interesting things there with the veteran quarterback market and just an extra layer of reasons why those teams might not just be willing to cut ties completely with their quarterbacks. And for the 49ers, they actually like their quarterback. And obviously it's a kind of an ugly divorce with Baker Mayfield and Cleveland right now. Yeah. I mean, I think there is power to the incumbent teams to have a say in where they land. You know, I mean, uh, I'm sure they, the the Browns would love to send Mayfield to Carolina, you know, just see you. Best of luck. Adios. Don't don't let the door, you know, one more thing before we get into the, the draft picks by team and your insights on what that means for this NFL draft and what those teams' plan might be because of how they're equipped with draft picks this year, even beyond round one. I want to talk about the players that were invited to the NFL draft to participate in person. It is an interesting list, Matt, and it tells me something. that The league seems to really like some players prospects that I've I've been having a really tough time believing they're going to go really high like Drake London really good prospect I think he's a first round guy yeah yeah every mock draft from plugged in people has him pushed up into the top 10 and this guy didn't even run a combine or didn't even run a 40 in the right. pre-draft, and, and the, the speed is kind of a question already. I have a hard time believing he's going to be the first wide receiver off the board. He's definitely going to be there uh, he, or he has been invited to be at the NFL draft show Would he be a top 20 a pick program. last year Right, that's Probably the thing. He, he definitely wouldn't right, have right. been one of the first three. I know that. Right, right, right. So, yeah. there, and there's a lot of those. And another name that really stands out to me, well, there's two names that stand out more than any on this list. Uh, one is Matt Corral, quarterback. And again, there's there's some teams have him very high. And there's all these reports, like, so there's a team that has him as their number one quarterback. It's like, okay, one of 32, I guess it's not surprising. But are we going to see Matt Corral in the first round, I would have a hard time drafting him that high, but I feel like there's some smoke there. Yeah, I, it's an interesting conversation. I don't want to look too much into it. I, I remember as a kid, usually you just had the top prospects. And now there's a lot more guys that get invited. And with the knowledge of all you guys aren't even going to be first round picks. Some of you guys are going to have to come back tomorrow. You know, like 
And I remember Aaron Rodgers infamously right. sitting there forever and ever and ever. And boy, I feel so bad for him. But I, I mean, I think that these guys have a little more awareness of that if they do accept the invite that maybe they are going to have a long wait. But I also bet that it, I don't know this. I'm just betting that it kind of works like the combine where the people in charge probably talk to 32 teams and say, hey, is there anyone you guys want or don't want or do you have any insight on who we should invite? It's not a random thing. Um, Corral worries me, though. Like, I could see Corral waiting and waiting. Right, yeah. And I, mean, and I think they did start inviting yeah. more later first-round picks after the Aaron Rodgers thing. And, and yeah, that and, and, they, and they don't show the guys as much. They showed Rodgers every single pick. <laughs> every pick, All right, right, right. I mean, that was brutal. But here, let me just go through the list, and there's, there's a couple more okay. notes. Uh, Matt, this is alphabetical. Matt Corral. Charles Cross, Jordan Davis, Nicobe Dean, linebacker from Georgia, Ikwanu, uh, Sauce Gardner, Kyler Gordon, cornerback from Washington. Come back to him in a second. Kyle Hamilton, safety from Notre Dame. Aiden Hutchinson, Zion Johnson, Jermaine Johnson, George Karloftis, Devin Lloyd, Drake London, Evan Neal, Chris Olave, Kayvon Thibodeau, Jamison Williams, Malik Willis, Garrett Wilson, Devontae Wyatt. So staying on the quarterbacks thing, only two quarterbacks there. No Kenny Pickett on that list, Matt. No Kenny Pickett. Could Malik Willis and Matt Crowell be the first two quarterbacks off the board? And uh, is some the NFL... people refuse the offer though, too? Yes, and, and some yeah, some like uh, uh, was it or, Joe you know. Thomas who was who was the one that was like on a fishing boat and didn't even want to know yeah, about I where think he was, it was right, right in Wisconsin or whatever. Yes, one of the big lakes and just, you know right. And and here's the other one though is Kyler Gordon, who some I I, I would be willing I'm to put money on Kyler Gordon, cornerback for Washington, being the guy that goes much higher than people are talking about because he's got really great tape. He didn't blaze at the combine when everybody else ran so fast. So I think you know publicly, public image, his stock took a hit. But I think teams really really like him, and I think this is another sign signifying that the league has information that teams really like Kyler Gordon, and he could go in the first round, even even though he's on almost no first round mocks right now. I think that is the one to discuss here. You know, we kind of talked about Corral a little too. Um, my take on Gordon is I think I'm kind of like the consensus here that he was on the freak list and everyone thought he was going to be the most athletic guy at the combine. And he was okay, but he wasn't special at all, especially compared to the craziness that was going on there. But on tape and I guess in Washington's weight room slash strength and conditioning program, he is very freaky. Maybe he just didn't test for the drills all that much. And teams might, you know, I don't mean to bring this up too. Someday I hope you and I will get our hands, maybe even next year, on the GPS data. You know, and I think the NFL teams are much more into that kind of stuff than they are 40 times compared to previous years and decades, of course. You know, so my guess is he runs really well on the field, you know, gets up to 20 some miles per hour or whatever is very athletic and, you know, gets rave reviews from the Washington staff. There's also some versatility to his game where he could play slot. He could play outside. He can do some honey badger esque stuff as sort of a pseudo safety. So I really think that three corners will probably be gone in the top 15 with McDuffie being the third. Um, I'm really warming up to Andrew Booth as well, but he's had core muscle injuries and hasn't worked out at all. And then I kind of thought Elam would be after him, but maybe it's a Gordon Elam battle for that next one, which maybe there's five or six corners drafted in the first round. I love Elam. I think Elam could yeah. be the third cornerback off the board. And maybe, so, maybe. yeah, there, there might, they might all go. They might all go right. Maybe that's what this is telling us. 
Absolutely. Okay. Really interesting stuff there. And uh, I'm glad you mentioned the GPS timing. That, that is the one thing that we are missing yeah. from the draft evaluation process. And it's driving me crazy. I don't, there's it, the information's out there. How come I cannot pay for that? Cause I'm, I know that makes me nuts too. That should be on NFL.com. Yes, know? absolutely. Okay. Good stuff there. Uh, well, let's get into team by team draft picks. We're not going to talk about every single team here, but the important no, teams, the teams like that, 10 of them. yeah, the, 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 the teams that are going to either run the NFL draft, not just in the first round, but later, and what that tells us about their draft plan next. Hey, everyone, I want to tell you about Blue Nile. We got Mother's Day right around the corner, and you got to take care of your mom. You got to take care of your wife that's a mother or your girlfriend that's a mother, whoever. But check out BlueNile.com. You know, there's fine jewelry and wedding jewelry and everyday jewelry. They have all the above, which is wonderful. Uh, whether she prefers a statement piece or an everyday subtle elegance, BlueNile.com has fine jewelry options for every mom. Uh, shop high-quality classic diamond earrings, elegant te- tennis bracelets, or gemstone pendant necklaces. Uh, again, my my wife's a big fan of BlueNile.com, to say the least. Um, also, the mother's this Mother's Day, give mom something she'll treasure forever with fine jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Locked On Sports listeners get $50 off a $500 purchase. So, you know, that's just exclusive to our podcast listeners from anyone on the Locked On Network. Um, This podcast exclusive is only good through Mother's Day. So use our code. Here's our code. Locked On. All one word. All caps. Uh, That's code Locked On. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. Okay, Matt, you want to set this up? Because this is a list you sent yeah, to me, yeah. and uh, it is fascinating. And, and as I have gone through this thing and, and trying to figure out which teams could trade up, which teams can trade down, when you really start to look at all of their picks together, it starts to make a much clearer picture. Yeah, and here's what my thought process was, is everyone that's listening, I think, by this point has a pretty good idea of, where each team picks in the first round and who has multiple first round picks, who doesn't have a first rounder. We've all read mocks and you don't see the Rams in there. You don't see the bears in there, yada, yada, but the draft doesn't end Thursday night, you know? So I just, you know, in a little bit of free time, being a, being a little bored, being a dork, I just went and I did a search (laughs) for draft picks by team and kind of like I do with the draft ditty or whatever. I just studied each one and said, you know, what stands out to me? You know, you and I had a good conversation before we hit record that, you know, some teams that have a ton of picks probably won't trade back. And teams that are hurting on picks might be trading up. And again, this is more than just the first round. So I thought there was 10 to 12 teams or so that had some interesting stuff to them. Either they had a surplus somewhere or they're really short, you know, and I think that really is going to shape how, you know, you look at these teams. Like, for example, Carolina, everyone talks. I mean, I think people know this by now. They have six, and if they get a quarter, they want a quarterback, they're going to have to take them there because they don't pick again to the fourth round. Like, I know all that about the Steelers. You know all that about the Niners, but I don't think everybody, including myself, knows the intricacies of all 32, you know, the outlier teams. Yes. The, so, the most interesting ones. Which ones stood out to you, Matt? Uh, I'm going to go alphabetically here. The Falcons are the first one I wanted to highlight. And some of these aren't super exciting, but. I've been really hard on the Falcons, and I didn't realize they had multiple twos and multiple threes. So 
they're going to have five picks in the top 82. So, you know, you look at their team go like, man, their wide receiver room's awful. They got to take a wide receiver at eight. But, boy, their pass rush is awful. They need to take a pass rusher at eight. Their roster's really bad. But I think Falcon fans will be a lot more happy with the, the out, long-term outlook of the roster post-draft than they are now. Yes, and with a high first-round pick in the top 10, plus five total picks on day one and two, that's a great place to be. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, everyone knows about the Colts pick that they got from Matt the Matt Ryan trade, but I had forgotten that they had an extra pick from the Titans there in round two as well. So number eight, 43, 58, 74, and 82, all before basically the second half of the third round. Yeah, right. So it's not so bad anymore. You know I mean? I know it's going to be a long year for the Falcons, but they made a deal with the Colts. They made a deal with the Titans that they're going to get these extra day two picks, which I think is really the sweet spot of this draft. Yeah. A lot of talent there. And so they can really go best player available at a lot of those spots. I think. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, again, I I didn't know that about the Falcons. So that's, you know, a little bit of encouragement. You know, these teams know what they're doing. And maybe not that slam dunk, oh, we got to trade down, get more picks type of a team, which is one of the keys to a lot of these. Yeah, exactly. I mean, a lot of when you're thinking about, oh, we can move up with this team. Well, I don't know if they can move back. I mean, they don't have, can they fit all those guys on their roster or vice versa? Um, The Ravens, to me, I'm a big Ravens believer. And and part of it's because they've been such a Steeler rival. I pay attention to them more than ever. I just think that they are an elite organization. You know, I've been on the soapbox about comp picks all offseason, and they're the masters of it. But how about this for the Ravens? I mean, if you don't know this already, this is kind of mind-boggling to me, is not only do they have 14, which is earlier than usual for the Ravens. Usually they're in 20-plus. They have that same pick in the second round at 45. But they picked up a comp pick, as usual, to have not only their third, but a comp pick at 100. But how about this? This is insane to me, is they have – Five fourth round picks. <laughs> I mean, between one ten and one forty one, or actually between a hundred and one forty one, they're going to pick six times if they so choose. I don't think I they're going to so pick much, six times. No, no, yeah, right. I mean, that's so much firepower. I mean, if by chance they do, it's like we don't need really need a running back, but there's one there. We might as well throw him behind Dobbins. You know, like that's just a lot of cards in your hands and options or. Could you turn two of those into a second-round pick next year? You know, uh, it's, it's just a lot of power on the beginning of day three in particular. Right, and so 10 total picks, two in the top 50, four in the top 100. They could add another top 100 pick. They could move any of those picks around and, and move up and maneuver in any of those rounds at the top of the draft to get the guy they want. And their last pick is in round six. It's only number 196, which isn't even late in round six. So they've got all 10 of those in the top 200 selections. Yeah, good point. They don't even have a seventh. They have 10 overall picks, but no, only one crappy one. Only one outside the top four rounds. Carolina Panthers is an interesting one because they're picking so high at six and they don't have another pick until 137. Yeah, and we kind of talked about that one a lot. We probably don't need to harp on it. I mean, they only have six total picks. Um, Just looking at this, I hadn't thought of this angle, but they only have two of their original picks too. The picks they have are from the Rams through the Texans, from the Jags, from the Raiders, from the Patriots through the Dolphins. So they've pretty much traded all the, they've, they've been active. Let's just put it that way. But yes. they got a big gap after six. I mean, they seem like the team that would want to trade down more than anyone. And it's rough because they have work to do at some really high value positions like quarterback and offensive tackle. 
And it, right. so, you know, what do you do? You, you trade down, and it makes it less likely you're going to get an impact player at one of those two positions. But you, they got to be open for business and trying to add one of those day two picks, right? I would imagine. Um, the Bears aren't super interesting, but I've been killing them thinking this is going to be a really long year. We know they don't have a first-round pick. And this one's kind of obvious, but you, I just wanted to let everyone be aware because it happened a while ago. They do have an extra second from the Chargers in the Khalil Mack trade. So at least they're going to add two second-round picks at 39 and 48. They also have an extra fifth. So, I mean, I always think about this from, like, Mel's grades the day after the draft. Like, you think, boy, the Bears are in trouble. They're not going to add much this year. But when you look at the sum of their their draft picks when it's all said and done, you might be like, oh, that's a pretty good haul. Again, a lot of work to do there for the Bears and yeah. not a lot of picks to get that done and no first-round picks. So they pick 39 and 48. Those are going to be two very key picks for Ryan Poles in his first draft running the show at the Bears. 100%. Um, Denver, again, another team that, boy, they went all in and they traded a ton for Russell Wilson. They did. That's wonderful. But don't forget the Vaughn Miller trade last year. I mean, they picked up a second and a third-round pick for the Rams – to have the right to basically rent Von Miller, which, hey, it worked. They won the Super Bowl. But Denver now has the Rams second, which, is, of course, is very late. That's 64. And they have two-thirds, and they have two-fourths. So it's going to be a while until they pick, but they have five picks between 64 and 116. There's a lot you can do with that. And I think there's a, a pretty low likelihood that they pick 64 is their first pick. I think they're going to go yeah, up because yeah. they have so much ammunition and there's not a ton of glaring needs left on that roster. So, well, you know, are, are all of those later picks, you know, they've got what one, two, three, four, five day, three picks. Are all those players going to make the roster uh, a couple of extra thirds too? Uh, you would think that they could drop a fourth round pick and move up even a half dozen spots just in the second round to make sure they, they secure the player they like at the end of round two. Makes a ton of sense. Again, they have five picks between 64 and 116. Maybe they'll end up making four picks in that neighborhood, but one will be higher for the one thing they need most. Maybe that's a corner or whatever. But I don't know if they have five needs that all need to be addressed and spread out in that section. Detroit the, Lions have a couple yeah. of, they're next up alphabetically here, a couple of first rounders. We know that. Again, I mean, that's nice. But they also have two-thirds, you know, and, they are, and of course they pick very early in every round. They have an extra sixth. They're not super exciting because we knew a lot of that because of every mock draft you see has them taking two picks. But that's a lot of draft, draft capital, period, you know, end of sentence. I mean, you right. get nine picks, and they're all early in the rounds it's, you know, or, you know, first-rounders in, in particular. So they're in pretty good shape. I mean, I, I actually have some hope for Detroit at the – Take a, a nice step forward this yes, year. Yes, yes, absolutely. And they could go quarterback. I don't think they necessarily feel like they have to go quarterback. Would that be yeah, a pick yeah. 32? They pick again at 34. Um, and they're not with all these picks, five picks in the top 100, they're not a team that probably feels like they need to trade down anymore, right? And get some get right. some impact players in this draft with all those picks you have, and, and you might have a little something there in Detroit. I don't know if you're necessarily trading a bunch of picks to get up either because you do have a lot of needs still on that roster but a good place for the Lions to be. And we could be looking at this team over the summer and say, well, you know, the Lions might not be that bad anymore. Right. They maybe they added four rookies that made an impact that in their rookie year that have a lot of hope. And one of them looks like a star and you say, okay, now I can see this thing. And then they go add 
you know, a, a, a couple uh, free agents a year from now. And mm-hmm. it's like, okay, there, there's a foundation here. And Aaron Rodgers is getting ready to retire. And they might be the new Kings of the North. Who knows? Speaking of Green Bay. Yeah, Green Bay. You know what? Let's pause there. <laughs> Green Bay coming up. Uh, Houston, Jacksonville, Kansas City, Las Vegas Raiders, Miami Dolphins, both teams in New York. The Jets and the Giants have multiple first-rounders, and the Philadelphia Eagles coming up. There's big news, and then there's another level of news, like a restock of peanut butter built bars, the all-time best flavor of built bar. In my opinion, peanut butter is back at built.com. Blueberry muffin, fantastic, raspberry cheesecake, and of course the new built bar puffs as well, the first ever Protein-infused marshmallow puff bars. Fantastic. Choose your flavor. Build your own box. Get a box, a mixed box of Built Bars at Built.com. No matter what flavor you love, they have you covered, and it is the best-tasting protein bar on the market. And compared to other protein bars, we're talking only 130 calories per bar. There is low sugar. Most Built Bars have only 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to 200, 300, or more calories in other protein bars on the market. And you can get, with our promo code, 15% off. That code is LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. Again, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Everybody's plugging in wide receiver to those Green Bay Packers picks in the first round at 22 and 28, Matt. What do you think the likelihood is that they maneuver around and maybe even don't even draft a wide receiver? And what does the rest of their draft hall tell you about what the plan might be for Green Bay in this draft? Oh, I think Green Bay and Kansas City are very similar. And we'll focus on Green Bay here in that they obviously they both traded the best receivers in the league. But I also think they realize we kind of have to take a step back, make a lot more picks. Our, our middle and lower class needs some work. We need to find some cheap labor. And I think they have the second most picks in this draft. They have 11 draft picks, which is a ton. But we all know they have two firsts. They also have two seconds. One of them is from the Raiders. They also have two fourths. So, I mean, you have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven picks in the top 140. Packers are going to add a lot of stuff. And to your point, they absolutely have firepower to go get, I assume would be a wide receiver. But I mean, if Chris Olave is still sitting there at, I don't know, 17 or something like that, you, they could easily get there. You got to feel like they're a team that is at least preparing to potentially move up for a wide receiver. I would think so. You have to believe that. So. And stay tuned to my final mock draft, a two rounder, maybe four picks. Are they going to have all those four picks, the Green Bay Packers? Stay tuned uh, to that one. And, and three seventh-rounders, too. What do you, I mean, what do you do with three seventh-rounders when you're a team that wins 13 games every year? You probably, they, they, you know, you're drafting kickers and punters. You're drafting special trade. teams guys. you probably trying to flip some picks into the, the following year or something like that. Yeah, I mean, a team like that, those seventh-rounders probably don't even make your team. You know, so uh, I, I do think sometimes you'll see teams take a punter or a kicker or a long snapper there because there's only maybe one person ahead of them on the depth chart. It's hard to even, though, trade a seventh for a next year six. I mean, there's not many people banging down the door for seventh-round picks. And this is a deep draft, but, you know, you have to get the right team that likes the right guy, and they're willing to give up a six-rounder next year for that. But, yeah, it's, it's much more difficult to envision a team like the Packers having 11 draft picks make their roster versus the Houston Texans, who also have 11 total picks. 
Yeah, totally different area. Like, and Houston to me is just use them all. Maybe even gather more. You got all kinds of spots on your roster to give out the rookies. And again, they have eleven, which is near the top of the league. We know they have two firsts, but they also have uh, seven picks in the top hundred and eight. That's a lot. I mean, that's an awful lot in um, you know two thirds, two fourths that are both early. So. You're going to see a lot of new Texans on draft day. I, I think that's encouraging. For and I, in in my mock draft, I was looking at the Texans as a spot for teams to trade up. But the more I looked at it and then looking at next year's picks, too, where, again, they have multiple draft picks. Right. They right. don't need necessarily extra picks. They need impact players. So I wonder they if do. the Texans might point. sit there and say, look, I'm not going to move down 10 picks and not have a, a guy who's a first rounder on my board anymore moving down from 13, right? I'm just going to stay here and, and take stars. the best player because we need star players to build up this roster. Maybe they maybe it's the opposite of what I said, and they they even trade up to get a guy in round two, you know, package a couple yeah. thirds or fourths to go get somebody that's a starter for the next five years, you know. I like that for the Texans. They can do a lot. Let the board fall to them, and if there's a guy to go get, they could go get him. If the right trade comes, they could move down or just select the best player available at each one of their spots and, and come out of this with potentially you know five new starters. Which leads me to Jacksonville, because they have the most picks in this draft than a dozen, though, them in Kansas City. I wonder if they're in the same boat. Is it? Is, are we done just bringing in quantity? Is it time to get quality? And, of course, they pick first in every round. And, but they have two-thirds, they have a bunch of six and a bunch of seven. So maybe I should have thought about that, but looked at this a little more before I said that because they're 12 picks. Uh, six of them are in the sixth or seventh round. So. Right, and that's fine. Add some competition yeah. to your roster because you can always use depth, and the Jaguars do need depth, but I, I think it is similar. Like They need some stars on this team, and they need some impact players and probably some players that the new regime is really into, and maybe there's uh, players that are playing big roles on their current team that the new regime's not super keen on or is not sure what to think about them yet. So I would not be mm-hmm. shocked at all if Jacksonville sort of sneaks right up into round one again from number 33 and, and using just one of their third rounders or something to go up a few spots. Yeah, again, they need guys. I mean, they need people to lean on for five-plus years and hopefully give a second contract to and put them on the billboards next to Trevor Lawrence. The Chiefs are much like the Packers, as I said. They have 12 picks, which ties the Jags for most. But not only do they have the two firsts, but they have two seconds, two thirds, two fourths. So of their 12 picks, they don't have any fifth and sixth rounders. So they have have some, some sevens, which are just start throws. But... They have multiple picks in each of the first four rounds. That's great. And multiple picks next year as well. This is a team that has a ton right. of draft picks. If I had to point to two teams that I would be willing to put money on that they're moving up in the NFL draft, we just mentioned one, the Packers, and absolutely the Kansas City Chiefs, who already have a good roster. They need to replenish some things. They, they need cost-controlled players, so they can't just go crazy and trade everything to go get one guy. But... If they have a need at a certain position and see that player who's not going to get to them at 29 or 30, uh, that's a team that could absolutely be very active on draft day and go target someone and go get them. So I'm doing this alphabetically, and this is just kind of a coincidence, but these next two teams are the opposite. If a bunch of teams have a bunch of picks, there's some out there that don't. And the Raiders are the first one to mention. We know they went all in on Adams, but they only have five total picks and only one in the top 125, you know, like, Ooh, I mean, they have five picks and three of them. They're either, or no, two of them are in the fifth round. So 
I mean, you only have one pick in the first 125. That's that's hard. You know, you 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 got what you got, and we went all in on a guy. And yep. again, Miami's kind of the same way. They only have four picks, and only they have 102, 125, and two sevens. So don't expect these teams to be boosted at all. No. Everyone around them is going to get better while they sit and watch. You better like what you have because that that's what you're going to be playing with. And maybe the Raiders, that 86th pick, there's some good depth, so that could be a nice little pick for them. But, you know, they have one it's shot. Starting guard, maybe. Yeah, you know? right, right. Um, Three more teams to highlight here. Both New York teams, I, I think people are going to get very sick of hearing New York teams adding high-quality players. The Giants have five, seven, 36, two-thirds, and two-fifths. So they have eight picks in the top 173, seven in the top 147. They didn't have a lot of free agency capital, so it's all going to come via the draft. And the Jets are similar, except they've done more you know, free agency-wise. And you know, we know they have two in the top 10. But they also have 35 and 38, two early second rounders. They have two fourths. So they have nine picks, but no sixth or seventh round pick. So like everybody they draft, it's probably going to make the team. And I'm looking at these because we mentioned the Dolphins just now. One of those picks in round three is from the Dolphins for the New York Giants. But I'm looking at pick seven they got from the Chicago Bears. And I'm thinking, man, I wonder if the Bears would like that back. But both, mm-hmm. but right now, the Bears are the team that at least has their quarterback figured out, and the New York Giants have two picks in the top right. seven, a really iffy situation quarterback, and, and probably don't like the quarterbacks enough to try to take one there. So I think maybe still you give point Bears on that. Yeah, I think so. I mean, again, I think the Giants will take a step forward this year on the field, and the Bears might take a step back, but... Five years from now, you might rather be the Bears. Three years from now, two years from now. And I do like the direction the Jets are going as well. And, and I've liked the new regime I for a while. Know. I like what Joe Douglas is doing for the most part. And I think he's got a solid coaching staff. And the, I know that both schemes offensively and defensively work in the NFL. Now, can they put the talent around them and develop their young quarterback is the big question. And we got a ton of picks to make sure that happens. Yeah, and I don't know what their future capital is, but maybe they want to kick a couple of these down the road. And with the thought of if Wilson has another rough year, we might have to go get that guy. But I know they have tons of cap space. And I think we said this yesterday that if Debo, Metcalf, McLaurin is to move, my bet it's to the Jets. And we already know they've been calling folks about them. And it sounds like they're trying so hard to trade those two high second rounders, 35 and 38, as part of a package for a star receiver, that they're really locking in on a couple of defenders at 4 and 10. And that, that's the vibe I'm getting is that they don't want to spend 10 on a wide receiver. They want to spend 10 on an edge or a corner or a safety, and they want to get that wide receiver in round two. So that's probably the way I'm going to have to mock the Jets because I feel like that's what they're telling us. You took the words right out of my mouth there because back to what you originally said to start the podcast about Drake London, I don't want to have to take Drake London or even Garrett Wilson or one of those guys, at any receiver at 10, just because I want a receiver and I'm going to start the receiver run because I know a bunch are coming. I just don't think there's any receiver that's that's a top 10 player in this draft. Right. Or what about the Jets being... So we talked about the Packers and Kansas City. The Jets are sitting there in the weeds with a lot of firepower at the top of the second round. If those teams don't go up, 
the Jets could jump up in front of them. If they go defense-defense in the first round, they could get a third yeah. first-round pick, jump up and get another wide receiver in front of them when those teams thought they were in the clear to get even you know, maybe their, their second or third choice of wide receiver way down at the end of the, of the first round. Yeah, yeah, it probably wouldn't cost them much to get to 20, 22 in that neighborhood, you know, and mm-hmm. grab Dotson or if there's a run or whatever, right. you know. Yeah. So, yeah, they have a, I just like what the Jets have – to your point about Joe Douglas, since he's been there, he's set himself up very well to acquire talent. Now, you can argue, was Zach Wilson the right pick? Did they give Corey Davis too much money? Adding the right players is a different story, but mm-hmm. he's been exceptional at giving himself resources and bites at the apple. I kind of thought Corey Davis, and I loved Corey Davis coming out of college. I, I kind of yeah. thought they gave him too much money, but now when you see Christian Kirk and other guys, what they're signing for with the rest of these, it right, doesn't really look right. that bad anymore, and it wasn't that long ago. And, and I don't know that it'll say we'll say the same thing about Christian Kirk a year from right. now. Like right. We gave them such a hard time for that Kirk signing. Boy, it looks good this year, because look how much money this guy got that isn't very good. Um, last team I have, and this is not a shocker either, the Eagles. Well, maybe this is because the Eagles are still loaded. I mean, even after that Saints trade where they picked up the Saints pick for next year in the first round, they still have 11 picks, and only one of them is in round six or seven. So they got 10 picks in the top five rounds, 10 picks in the top 166. So they still could be trading up left and right. as long, And they also have future capital, two-thirds, you know, three-fifths. So the Eagles are going to get a lot better in the next, you know, week and a half. Essentially set up to do whatever they want. And that could mean do whatever moving, they want. moving around from 15. Uh, they could come down from 15 if a team wants to go up and get a guy. Or, or maybe they find the one they like at 15. Then they can move down from 18 because a team wants to get in front of the Saints to draft a wide receiver or something like that. And then they could move back up again, you know, with those extra picks they got and, and pick higher in the second round. So they can do whatever they want, and they have the power to, to run a big portion of this draft once we get to about the middle of round one. Yeah, exactly. So the Eagles fans, you're going to have just as much fun as you would have before this trade, and you're going to have more fun next year oh, too. No doubt, it was a great it was a great <laughs> trade for Eagles fans because that it was almost going to be too much fun. You know, it was like you're going to be hung over the next morning. You know, so <laughs> right, it's like right, right, right. you get to have two parties instead of just one. Yeah, exactly. So they're in really good shape, and if by chance Jalen Hurts turns into a really good player, they're going to be a big time contender. If he doesn't, they're still going to be in it and have resources to go find someone else absolutely and that whoever else that is will have a lot more talent around him next year for a rookie it'll be a good situation for a rookie to jump into if that is the way things go for the eagles next year yeah 100 percent. so they've done some good things for sure fantastic stuff uh gets me excited for that nfl draft coming up in just a little over a week matt and we've got the angles of the draft covered in all directions here on the locked on podcast network make sure you go check out the ultimate mock draft make sure you go check out matt doing locked on uh, locked on dynasty football Uh, your team is covered right here on the locked on podcast network matt and i back tomorrow right here peacock and williamson